Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the 1905 podcast. I'm your host tonight, Walker, and joining me is Rick and Jordan. How are you gentlemen hey, doing? people. I'm all good, mate. You? Yeah, good, thanks. Excited to, to hash. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, definitely, definitely. You know, w- without further ado, I think, Jordan, you had a few words before we dive in. Yeah, it's just, um, obviously, before we get started, um, I just, just a little bit of housekeeping rules from me. As always, um, we are, there might be a few mistakes, just like them. Uh, there might be the odd naughty words. So um, thank you for everybody that has been listening to before. Leave us some feedback. and We hope you enjoy this podcast. All right. Well, guys, um, I wanted to, to first start off by touching base on the elephant in the room for, for most of us Chelsea supporters for the last week, which was the dreadful, dreadful ending to that Southampton match. You know, we absolutely dominated the first half. I thought there were some really, really great bright spots and looking forward a lot to be excited for. But, uh, you know, we seem to lack the fluidity to, to be able to close games and ultimately to be able to punish the teams that we should be beating. So um, why don't we start with you, Rick? What were your takeaways from the Southampton match? Um, takeaways... First, first half an hour, I thought it was great. Um, we looked potent. I thought the two goals were obviously very well taken by Werner. And it was nice to see him open up his Premier League account, which was good. So that was definitely a positive. Um, I just thought as the game progressed, um, especially in the later stages, that's when you need a leader in the centre of defence. And... Unfortunately, our best defender is 36 years old, and he can't play every game at the moment. I don't think. I don't think he's. I don't think he's able to play every game. And I honestly think if he was there at the end of that game, I don't think that's a draw. I think we see that game out three-one or three-two. Um, but we would have. I noticed the difference. Not to jump too far ahead to us talking about the Sevilla game, but I noticed the difference having him in there. And just how much more assured everyone else looked at the back. And it helps having the goalie, obviously, because let's be honest, he's a better goalie than Kepper Mendy. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> um, but we just we just lack leadership and it was it was frustrating. It reminded me a lot of Sheffield United at home last season, two all, last kick of the game, when I thought we actually played quite well. But we just no experience in defence and we just let them come on to us more and more as the game went on. And I wasn't even surprised when they scored. I think that was the most disappointing thing. I wasn't surprised because they looked like they were going to score. And, and I, I, don't think, I don't think his substitution... I'm not going to sit here and criticise him. He sees him, every, he sees him day in, day out. Um, so he's got players who he trusts and players who he don't. But I don't, I don't think the substitutions were great, if I'm being honest. But it was just all round frustrating. I think is the best way I can put it. I think for me, you hit the nail on the head. You know, I was just on the edge of my seat, and it just had the feel of, of a draw all over it towards the end. You know, there was sloppy clearances. We we weren't doing any proper defending. I won't even get into to what Keppa's thinking with two of those. You know, I'm not going to oh sit here and yeah. point the finger. But uh, as a goalkeeper my whole life, I was cringing at that attempt of a save. And uh, he completely stepped over the ball. But again, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Jordan, what were your thoughts on the match? My thoughts on the match, 
I'm not going to obviously uh, duplicate what Bricky said, but I, I totally feel the same. Uh, it was frustrating. Um, like I said, you know, Vernar, amazing that he managed to score them two goals, especially open his Premier League account with his new team and for us. Um, and I just, I just felt, it just frustrates me. We can never, when things are good, we can never sort of, consistently keep it that way we can't maintain that I feel and I feel the the uh, the maturity of the squad affected us um quite a bit uh to, like in the second half for sure you know we was on a high it's sort of like 40 minutes were amazing and then we go and concede that goal before half time and we come back out and I just thought I don't know it's just it was stressful um but obviously, you know, Zuma's bad pass, uh, Kepa's mistake when he had two opportunities to sort of redeem that ball. I, I felt like Zuma, if you look him at other games, like obviously having the presence of Silva next to him, I felt his confidence was growing. And then obviously international break, which I hate. Um, that caused an issue where Thiago Silva couldn't play because he played for Brazil and then they come back and he's getting at that age where, like Ricky said, he can't play every game. And so obviously we was a, a little bit a little bit of um what do you call it, at disadvantage for that because he has when he has played, um, as well as Mendy, um, we've had two clean sheets. And uh, in the Premier League, and yeah, and and also won. So I just it is it it was frustrating, and I felt like Zuma's confidence was gone uh, playing against Christensen. And I'm I haven't got no well, I I, I just don't think he's cut out for the Premier League. Um, yeah, in my opinion, I, would agree. I, I just think he's way too weak. I just yeah, I just that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Yeah, you know, I, again, I think you guys both make some great points there. I think for me, uh, it was just our defense was absolutely fragile. Uh, I think that we really, really looked like we were going to have a walk in the park for the first 40 minutes in the match. And, uh, you know, towards the end there, we just completely fell apart. We had two catastrophic errors. It uh, <laughs> it was a kick in the throat, to say the least. I, I was pretty sick when I saw the, the equalizer go in. But nonetheless... Um, I think it's points dropped and we have to move on at this point, understand that these are the kind of games we have to win to be able to compete with the likes of Liverpool and City to, to really challenge for the title at the end of the season, in my opinion. So um, bright spots for me, you know, I thought Werner and Havertz played really well. I think that the German link up was, was huge and uh, I'm really excited to continue to see this team mesh. I think we have a lot of, of great potential, but to echo Ricky's points too, I think that there was a lot of questionable subs there. We, we could have killed off the game in a completely different style. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, so anyways, on to the, the bright spot of the week, which was, um, you know, at least the second half for me. I thought that we played pretty well against Sevilla. They're a very composed squad, especially without the ball. They keep their shape very well and uh, would have liked to see us get the three points at home. But nonetheless, I, I can't say that I'm disappointed with the draw. I think that that's a fair result given the match. And, uh, you know, I would have, again, liked to see us take the three points, but nonetheless, I think not dropping points at home against a very talented Sevilla squad has to be a step in the right good direction. Result. Yeah. Really good result. It was good. you got to think, like, 
last year at this stage, I was there. It was a frustrating one nil loss. Um, we just weren't switched on last year. And I felt like this year, having the presence of uh, a new keeper, Mendy, as, as we touched on last time, I don't want to say it too much, but he's obviously much better than Kepa and much more composed. Like this, like if you look at the, the certain point where the ball was coming to him and he was like slapped it out of play, like just get it out. That's that's what you got to do. It doesn't matter where it goes, just get it out of that box. Yeah. And that's what he did. And he was calm about it and he got rid of it. Thiago Silva's presence in defence, it kept everyone calm. And I just thought his composure's unreal. And obviously that's what he's all been about, about his whole career. And I'm glad that he's still carrying on for us at Chelsea towards the end of his career. And it is amazing. Um, and yeah, I just I just generally thought we were so much stronger than this time last year, and I'm glad that we didn't concede or lose or or yeah because Sevilla aren't a team to write off the the Europa League record holders, and it, although they haven't played much in the Champions League, their quality in the Europa League and that's still a European stage, and. Um, yeah, and I'm just glad that we played well and we move on to Kranzador and Renz, uh, Stad Rene, um, and I just hope it continues. Yeah, happy days. What about you, Rick? What were your thoughts on the match? Oh, I was really happy with it, to be honest. <laughs> me, me as well. I know, me, me as well. I know it was... Um, I stayed off Twitter after the game, thank God. Because um, <laughs> it was just it just seemed like it was kind of like a 50-50 split. 50% hated it, 50% thought it was an all right result. I thought it was a really good result. You've got to remember, they've, if I'm not mistaken, they took Bayern Munich to extra time in the Super Cup. And they let's did, be honest, yeah. we didn't get nowhere near <laughs> Bayern Munich. Um, and that wasn't even that long ago. And they drew, if I'm not mistaken, a few weeks ago, one all to Barcelona as well. Yes. Um, they're, they're, they're a good side. They're a really good side. And they, and, the thing that impressed me most, yeah, all right, we didn't really look that potent in an attacking sense, but I didn't really, I didn't really feel like they overstretched us a lot. There was a bit of pressure in points, but you wouldn't say that our keeper was really. I can, I can only remember off the top of my head one really good save in the whole game that he had to make. That and low save the to the was, corner. Yeah, and all the rest was kind of pretty bog-standard stuff that he dealt with well. But mm. they didn't really... And I think that's kind of a testament to how how well-organised we were defensively, how we pressed in the right way. And I, I thought... I don't think a lot of people have spoke about Reese James, if I'm being honest, and I kind of forgot about him. I thought he was brilliant at right back. Yeah, I thought he was good. Really, really really good game. Going forward and defensively as well, because... To be honest, it's probably the one part of his game that he does need to work on is the aspect of how he defends sometimes, especially at set pieces. But I thought he defended really well, and that was a big plus point. I think it helps having helps having a decent left back as well. <laughs> but yeah, you know, no, I, I was I, really happy with it. It was a good result. I don't understand. I saw. I just need to mention one tweet which bugged the life out of me. If I'm being honest, let's, but, let's hear it. I blocked the person. I didn't even interact with them. I just blocked them. Um, their tweet was, it was something about sorry being the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then it was, um, and then it was, how can Lampard not put a team together, 
to be able to beat the equivalent of a League Two team. So describing Sevilla as a League Two discredited. team. Discredited. Uh, I, was right just, I just blocked it. I was like, I'm not even interacting with people like that. It was just a straight block. Um, it was a good result and it sets a stepping stone. When you've got the attacking ability that we've got, you need to... F- to let that attack to go and do everything what they can do on a consistent basis, you've got to have a decent defensive unit. And that, on Tuesday, looked like a decent defensive unit going forward. So if they can keep and play together as much as possible, I've got no issue as Balaqueta coming in at right back or left back if he needs to or whatever, if somebody's injured or or whatever, or whoever we're playing, if he feels like Hasbulaqueta is better suited. But the fundamentals of that back five, if you include the goalie, needs to stay the same. Because no one else gets in that, that team apart from me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, obviously I would like to see Tamori get a run of games here in, in the FA yeah. Cup or maybe something. But to me, we need to find some stability there. We have to find some sort of core unit that we're going to continue to really build on. You know, I think that... Working alongside Silva has done wonders for Zuma. Yes, he still makes plenty of errors. There was a couple of times where he should have cleared the ball outright and, and didn't. Um, I, I thought first half we were second best, if I'm completely honest. You know, I, I thought they kind of had us on our toes a little bit. Um, I think for me, you know, I know Mindy got the man of the match, but I think James was the man of the match. Again, I think he, really he again, well. had his moments, but played brilliantly. Uh, Silva definitely showed that alongside that back four and, and with Mindy behind them, that they just have a different sort of confidence that they don't seem to have so different. behind them. Um, and, so <laughs> different. Yeah, you know, I, I really think that there's a couple of things that, that stood out to me. Uh, one is that we got to be better about giving the ball away. I think yeah. there was many of times where we were just a little sloppy with possession um, mm-hmm. passes way too far off and, and just not really honing in on little things that we need to be working on in the training ground. But for me, Mindy really, really did his job. He assured the back four and uh, you know had one or two saves, but really wasn't tested all that often in my opinion. Um, and personally, I'm pleased with it. You know, I think a point to start off the, the group stages is huge. I, I think that, we should see this group through, potentially even as the group winner. I mean, yeah, we, we don't want to count our chickens before they hatch or count our eggs or however that saying goes. But, uh, you know, last year we, we lost this result uh, 1-0 to the Valencia to start off and Barkley ruined my birthday. So, um, nonetheless, I was, I was pretty excited. Jordan, we were all at that match. That was an interesting one. Yeah, we were. We were. That was a... That was a frustrating, very frustrating match. Just the whole penalty incident, <laughs> the missing of it, and and then Louis conceding. getting his card eaten well, by the ATM. To be fair, that was that was supposed to be the equaliser, ideally. Um, but it's just it's just defending their free kick completely done us up. We just couldn't get into the game. Yesterday, yes, we, you know, it, it's still in a work in progress for the attack. Um, I do. Still question, oh, mate, I love Mason Mount. I hate the slander he gets. It's not him, but I feel like Lampard. I do feel like Hudson Odoi should get his chance. If Zayas isn't fully fit, I don't think playing Mason Mount left and then putting Pulisic out of position as well. So it wasn't only one out of position, it was two. 
ideally, in my opinion. I, I know Mount can, can play there a little bit here and there, but I think he's, he's not an out-and-out out winger. And I do feel like his qualities are wasted there. He's a quality player. And Pulis's qualities were pushed back because he was put in the right somewhere. He's not really comfortable. Yes, I know he's had a few times at Bristol Dortmund, but we're talking about Chelsea now and, and we're talking about our style. And I just felt like Pulisic is just so much better on the left. Um, Hudson-Odoi still sort of not getting a chance. Tomori, I'd love to see him have a chance if he could. Um, and obviously, yeah, I, I just I hope to see Pulisic and Zayash on the wings and, and Werner up front, definitely. Um, but that's a work in progress. But I do feel like Lampard needs to find some sort of stability and consistent lineup, especially in defence. Um, we need to when he start gelling, it's going to be coming into a pinnacle part of the season and it's very close. It's not very far and that's the Christmas period. And if you're doing pretty shit through that period, it's going to, it's going to be a hard finish of the season. So I just hope that we find that spark. I ain't banking on silverware this year. I'm not a, let's say. What do you I'm mean? I a, thought we were winning the Champions League this year. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> But I'm not having them expectations. Not this year. Definitely not. Um, I still think it's a work in progress. Last year was a transitional period in terms of the youth we had to integrate. And they did do well. But this year's we've had to buy a fair few players to, you know, to strengthen our squad. And they still are trying to work with each other. And it will happen. That One day it will happen. Um, we just got to find that consistency within the team. Yeah, you know, for me, I think that that was, there's so many key points there, but there's a lot of positives to go forward. I did think that Pulisic instantly looked a lot more alive when when they started off with him on the left-hand side rather than the right. You know, they ended up switching back at around the 60 or 65th minute at one point, but I just thought that he grew into the game. He looked a lot more comfortable cutting in off of off the left-hand side. That's his favorite position. And uh, yeah, you know, I would like to see, I think Mount is fantastic. I think his work rate is is second to none on the team, maybe Conte, but uh, I think he presses extremely well. He really helps us keep the high press. But for me, I, I just think that if we're going to keep Hudson-Odoi and have him on this contract, he's got to, like you said, he's got to have the opportunity. And what better opportunity now than while we're still nursing these injuries and trying to get everyone fully fit, rolling back into a, a tough, tough couple of weeks. I mean, we got Tottenham, we got, United, we've got Wolves, we've got Arsenal Boxing Day, we've got some tough fixtures coming up. So, um, mm. you know, we need squad rotation and preferably I would like to see that back four and, and Mindy stay the same for at least a couple of weeks and, and really try to grind out. I think, if I'm not mistaken, with that back four, we have what, two wins and, and two maybe two draws or two clean sheets um, in that situation. So yeah, I definitely think that it works, you know, and having a little bit of, of youth mixed in with Silva's experience and uh, them being able to really hone in and, and get a run of games together could see us ultimately maybe fix some of these defensive woes that we have and really start to gain points. Because as we saw last year, goal differential could be crucial again this year. And thankfully uh, some of the other clubs get did us a favor that uh lanzini screamer at the end to to <laughs> maybe not uh Mate, i was so make, happy with that one <laughs> maybe not make those drop Jeez, points at southampton as bad but yeah rick what, what are your thoughts about spurs i hope they always lose <laughs> <laughs> 
So, do you have any key takeaways from the Sevilla match other than, you know, the things that we've highlighted? Who was your man of the match? Um, man of the match? Um, I'd, I'd probably say Silver or Reese James. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Silver yeah. or Reese James. We just, look, we just looked more... There was so much more stability. And I feel, I'd probably just say Silver because I, I think if he wasn't there, it maybe would have been a little bit different. I do believe he's that key. And, and he, just, he just gives so much more stability and experience at the back and how to play out from the back when to get rid of it, when not to get rid of it. He just looked like he was telling everyone exactly what to do at the back. And no, I'm always happy when he plays. I'm always a little bit nervous when he doesn't, to be honest, because I don't think we're, I don't think we're that great. And people talk about, you know, and I do get the point. I do think Lampard does change it too much at the back. But the only thing I will say is, is that you only have to change it because you don't believe that what you've got at the moment is what you want going forward. So I don't, I honestly don't believe he, he rates a combination unless Silver's playing. But now we've got a left back and we're all right at right back. The two fullback positions are fine now. They pick themselves. But, yes. it, but it's the centre-half positions. And I don't, if Silver's not there, I honestly don't believe he's got faith in any one of those, no matter what the partnership is, if Silver's not there. And that, but, and I think the proof in the pudding is that he keeps changing it. He obviously doesn't. It's because he keeps changing it all the time. It's because he, he's got no faith in what's there, if Silver's not there. And that's why Silver's been brought in. It's a stopgap for a year, 18 months, I'd be amazed if they don't have somebody in mind who they want next season already. Hopefully, Do you know who I'd rate? I yeah, him and Ez would be my choice. I, yeah, there's that. You got to look at like you got to look at last night that Diego Carlos's quality. I, yeah. I really, I think I really, I really like him. He's 27, I think he is 28. My oh, one I, would have been Ruben Diaz, to be honest. But I've seen him a lot for Porto. But yeah. um, but he's gone to City, so we can't have him now. <laughs> but no, yeah, I like yeah. him. That he's was really good. Classic. Ben Fiekel, wasn't it? Ben Fiekel. He's 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 really good, Ruben Diaz. And they got rid of yeah, Otamendi, I think, in that. So it was a, a double whammy for City. Yeah, he went to um, Ben Fiekel. Yeah, Ben Fiekel. Sorry, yeah. That's cool. Let me let me ask you both a question. What were your thoughts on Jorginho last night? I thought he was much better than he has been. This is a controversial one, so I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I thought he played quite well, to be honest. I did too. I, I thought he I played so much. I but thought he played so much better than he usually does. Again, I think he's one of those. He's one of those players that's always going to split opinion. I do think there's games where he shouldn't play because his characteristics don't suit certain games. Um. Like, I always think if he plays against, like, a Man City, for argument's sake, I always think he's, like, a passenger. Um, but last night, I thought he played really well. I thought the game suited him, and he played really well. And I, to be honest, I, thought, I don't actually think he's been... I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's been that bad all season, to be honest. I think he's been all right. I, can, mm. I quite like him. I do quite like him. I'm not afraid to put that out there. I do quite like him. However, there are certain games where he shouldn't play. 
I don't dispute that. Yeah, for me, I, I was worried that he was going to be sent off within eight minutes. <laughs> it was a yeah. very quick booking, oh, and I was no, a little bit, oh, God, me. he's going to pull him off at half time now, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Well. I agree. He made some rash tackles, but nonetheless, I thought, you know, for me, having Silva and Jorginho on the pitch does give us two leaders. And, you know, people might disagree with me there, but I think that he was able to, to really kind of. He, he's not afraid to bark and he's not afraid to kind of step up. And I, I love Aspilicueta. I think he's fantastic. He's been a servant to our club for a long time. But for me, he's not as vocal as some captain should be. Um, he has his moments nonetheless. But, you know, I, I thought that having a little bit more of a voice, not only in the back four, but in the midfield really helps us, especially with some of the younger yeah. players. Um, and, and it kind of gives us a sense of composure and able to to not necessarily be so rushed on the ball and yes we still gave the ball away but overall I thought it was a much better performance and uh, again we'll take the point so all right well that leads us into the the big one this weekend um you know United obviously pulled off a a, a huge result for them given their run of form um Rashford was able to steal three points away never an easy match nonetheless I feel like they always seem to, to get points against PSG though don't they they do always do well in the away game yeah especially yeah, Rashford as well. well Rashford's decent it was I think he's like the I think it was like the first time I think I've heard it this morning on talk sport in the morning shows but the first time since 2005 at home PSG has lost in a group stage game in the Champions League yeah, their record was impeccable. I mean, it yeah, really no, they, was. they so obviously Man United ended that last night. Obviously, they got it what two seasons ago when Rashford scored that penalty in like the ninety-sixth minute or whatever. Stupid the handball, that stupid handball. Yeah, it's just it's what it is like. But I also thought like with like Newcastle, I generally thought Newcastle were gonna get a result against United. I Late on, I did it? think after Tottenham Dunham 6-1, I, I did think that sort of, I wouldn't say it was going to be that bad, as in that much of a battering, but I thought Newcastle were going to give them a good game, if you know what I mean. And it was I looking was like I was the complete that. opposite. I thought they were going to come back and just completely thrash was, Newcastle. And they ended up was, you know, it, winning by, what, three goals in the last up, 10 minutes. It, yeah, they, yeah, so it was 4-1, but for a majority of that match, Man United didn't look that 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 great but yeah you're we right have i think it was 1-1 they, like the they have weaknesses and i do feel i i, I do you know what the main thing is is i take a draw there but i just really I, hope that if 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 it does it well when we go there, I just really hope that it isn't a four 0 drumming because I cannot take that. <laughs> we really need to get a result, like whether that's a draw or a win, I'd be happy. Yeah, you know, after after our results last season, it took to the very end to be able to even get one on them, and I think that I can't take that again. Um, I'm just I remember sitting there and watching that free kick go in and the cup match last year and just being absolutely pissed and um, mm. you know I think that yes they're going to come into this match with a lot of confidence but I think we have a lot of positive things to build on again we can't be just dis- discouraged with uh, the result that we got midweek I think that you know we, we definitely showed some vulnerability like we have all season but there's a lot to be 
happy with, especially a clean sheet against a very strong Sevilla side. And uh, I I think that we're going to roll in and give them, give them up for, you know, I would be happy with a draw. I think a draw will probably be a fair result. I know that again, that's probably the unpopular opinion with most people because I try to be realistic with my approach and understand that, of course, we all want to get three points every time we're on the pitch, but that's probably, you know, there are some matches where you have to say, are, are we better off taking the point? in the sense that, you know, we're, at least we're not dropping them? Or are we going to, to go all out and potentially open up gaps like we have in our defense and, and end up costing ourselves late? So we saw that happen with PSG yesterday, and um, they've got the speed to be a pretty deadly counter team. For the love of God, just no penalties, and I'll be okay. Because after yesterday, watching them – Yet again, it, it seems like everything goes their way with VAR, doesn't it? And, and I know their argument will be earlier in the year that with, I think it was Palace they were playing maybe, but they, uh, that it didn't. But, you know, that's a completely different game for me if Nava saves that penalty and they don't get to retake it. So anyways, um, what, what would your starting 11 be for, for this week, Rick? Ooh, starting 11. Um I would go with um, same back five. So Mendy, uh, Ben Chilwell, left back, Reese James, right back, Silver and Zuma, centre half. And then I would go. This one's tough. It's going to be 4 2. It's going to be 4 2 3 1 because he seems to really like. 4231 and that's what he wants going forward so it's going to be 4231 um i would go just thinking who they're going to be playing i would go kante and kovacic me too and then havertz in front obviously picks himself because he's that good um havertz in front i think Ziyech is due a start now. I think he'll start. He'll start on the right. Yeah, and then Pulisic will be back on the left. Pulisic has had a couple of games now. I know he was out of position against Sevilla and everyone's been spot on. He was out of position. Um, But I think the most important thing was him. He's got, you know, he's got some useful minutes under his belt in the last two games. And I think his contribution is going to get bigger and bigger as the weeks roll on, as long as he stays fit. So I'm quite excited to see him on the left. I think he'll give them a few problems. And for them, for what... And then obviously Werner up front, obviously, picks himself. Um, you think he drops so, Mount? Yes, I do think he drops Mount. And I'm a big Mason Mount fan. Um, but I would just like to see that starting eleven. And I think you've got the option of bringing Mount on if there's not enough work, Ray, and you need someone to press the ball a bit more, he's going to come on and do that. So that's an option for the bench. That's no disrespect to Mount. I think he's great. I'm a big Mason Mountain fan. Um, for them, I think, you know, I, I've been fairly lucky as I live in Portugal. So I see a lot of Portuguese football and I see a lot of people, I see a lot of people really give Bruno Fernandes a hard time. <laughs> Because he scores a he scores a hell of a lot of penalties, obviously, because he's the penalty taker, and they seem to get about four penalties every game. Um, but he's a very good player, Bruno Fernandes. Like I've only seen him in the Portuguese league, so I can only base it on what I've seen him consistently in. And and the Portuguese league isn't great. I'm not going to say it is, but 
He's a very good player. He's a very clever player. Um, he's a leader as well. He's a leader. You might not see that so much at United, but he, he was he was the dressing room at Sport in Lisbon. He was the he was everything at Sport in Lisbon. He's a very good player, and I think he's someone that we do need to watch because if we don't watch him, he will cause us some damage. And I don't only mean from the penalty spot. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, it's to touch on that, he did wear the armband for the first time yesterday for United too, and I'm um, sure that. Oh, I didn't you know, see that. I didn't notice that, to be honest. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. So, that, so they see him as a leader as well. Okay. Was out. Well, I, yeah, and I think nonetheless too, I think that that just reiterates Ricky's point is that obviously, if he's going from club to club. The, he does have an impact on the dressing room and he has the ability not only as a leader, but the skill set to change a game very quickly. You know, he's got, he's got great pace. He's not afraid to shoot the ball from 20, 30 yards out. I think that he's made that clear. He's, he scored some great goals in his career. So he's they very, do have a very good. He's yeah. very, very good. He's um, he was, at, and what he does, he helps bring a club together as well. He's a great signing for Man United in so many ways because supporters feel an affinity to him when they had a few problems at sporting the board are terrible at sporting and he and all the supporters turned up at the training ground and they attacked all the players and physically beat four or five of the players up this is going back a couple of years ago they physically attacked like four or five of the players and one of them was the Wolverhampton goalkeeper and he got his contract torn up because it was a breach of contract. So a lot of them, I think the, I think Wolves ended up having to pay some money for him in the end, but after it went to tribunal, but loads of them got their contracts torn up and they went on Bosman's. And he was the only one out of that group that were attacked who said, I'm not going anywhere, I'm staying. And he stayed and signed Patricio. a new contract. Yeah, Patricio, yeah. He got attacked by the... Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was about five did, minutes did, from my didn't house. Bastos get, like, didn't Bastos get a black eye? Bastos was a hero at Sporting. He was a goal-scoring machine. But yeah, he got he got attacked. He said he wanted to leave, and then he changed his mind and stayed. But things were never the same after that. He had loads Gelsen of hamstring Martin's injuries, left, didn't he? Uh, oh, so they lost. William they Carbatio. lost half their team, and they lost yeah. half their team. And about and they wouldn't have got massive amounts of money for some of them. But there was a good probably combining all the fees, probably a good 70, 80 million euros they've lost there. Mm. they all left on Bosman's or next to nothing money and it was crazy but yeah but Bruno Fernandes going back to my point sorry digressed massively there um, <laughs> cool, he, mate, um, he's he, he's a very good leader and I wasn't aware till you told me that he wore the armband yesterday and that shows that he's having that influence at Man United now and I do see a lot of people on Twitter especially how they disregard his ability I've seen a lot of him he's a very very good player and I was a little bit gutted when he signed for Man United, to be honest. He's a very good yeah. player. But you know, I we... think they get a, a natural leader there, like you said. Mm. He he was the right signing for them, but going back to your going back to your original question, our starting eleven, I think when you look at our starting eleven and their starting eleven, if we're prepared for the game and we play as well as we can play, um, we should be winning that game. We should be winning that game. I think it's going to be a tough one. I mean, it, I mean that's that's an obvious draw. statement. It's, 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 yeah, Mars, draw, but... I do I do feel with Martial's not against us because obviously he's still suspended. 
Oh, um, I forgot about that. Cavani's uh, contention to play against us. I think Quick that's a no-brainer for them. He's he's um, played eight games against us, and that's for mm. Napoli and PSG. Four wins, two draws, two defeats. He scored three goals against us and two assists. Um, that's a um, a goal or assist in 121 you know what, minutes as well that's us. an interesting point you bring up about him because I, I saw so many so many Chelsea fans laughing when man united signed him i think he's a great yeah, signing I for think them he's quality he's, i think he's great he's a great signing and if you give Up him front, the ball you got to think he'll score he will score just like to, just like we got tiago silva in defense that guy's has been one of the most potent and clinical strikers we've seen over the, over the leagues. Okay, yeah, he hasn't played in the best teams, but he still proved it on the European stage. You know, it, I know we had a great comeback against Napoli, but that first leg, mate, him and Lovetsi just absolutely tore us a new one. He's tore us new ones for PSG. That Obviously, I'll just write out the stats, you know. And he scores goals. He scores goals, and I, I do think he's going to have a massive influence, especially... All their young strikers, they've still got Rashford, he's still learning. They've got Martial, he's still learning. Greenwood, you know, you've got all these players and I do think he's going to be a massive present for them. I don't want to go he too will. far into this because this is a Chelsea podcast, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think to your point though, what he lacks now in age and pace, those other yeah. young players make up around him, right? So if yeah, they're exactly. able to feed him the ball, he's going to be clinical. Look but at Troy, not I know the... it sounds stupid. Look at Troy Deeney, someone like that, you know, he's getting older and older, but he still managed to prove it in the Premier League at a high stage. It's mentality. Yeah, I agree. Jordan, what do you think about Ricky starting 11? You know, for me, I'm 110% in agreement. I think that we should see Mount sit this one out to start. I think that that starting 11 that Ricky mentioned is indeed what we've all been waiting for, right? Since we signed all of these yeah. these players this summer and with Ziyech going back to, you know, the, the transfer window last January, I think that this is what we've been waiting for. And I think that we need to get a run of games together with this team to be able to really see the full potential. Um, I do worry a little bit with that front three um, that we might have a little bit of defensive liability uh, specifically in the midfield, but I think what we might lack there players like Conte and Kovacic will, will be able to cover and make up, you know, they, they can cover a lot of ground and then having that confident back four. For me, the only way the four, two, three, one works is if you have confidence in your back four and, and know that ultimately if those two, you know, defensive midfielders get beat or if they go in for a tackle and get beat, which very rarely will, will that happen with Conte, but Kova likes to stab at the ball sometimes. And if he does, he needs to know that he has people like, Chowell and James and you know Silva etc to, to back him up and, and to really be confident that they're going to be able to, to pick up people if they get in behind so for me I would love to see that team I think Ricky nailed exactly what I would say Jordan do you have any suggestions or, or you know obviously this is all speculation I'm in, for us but I'm in total what, agreement with that with that formation um, I do think Silva's obviously going to start again um, I think he needs to especially in this big game I don't know how much he reads into it, but you know, he could have looked at last last year's fixture at um Old Trafford and he will be like he doesn't doesn't want that. So, you know, he's gonna rough. try his almighty best to 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 have a to give us that confidence <clears throat> and obviously, you know, confidence defence, confident keeper. 
and um, that was thrown across the pitch and that's what we had yesterday and I just hope that that strength and that confidence we bring that to Old Trafford um, on uh, Saturday and um, I, I just hope that we have a bit more gel in in the attack and we give them a good game and yeah I, I am excited to see it I, I, I would take a draw I, I wouldn't be unhappy because um, again it'd be a, a better result than last year I agree. You know, I think that that we put out a balanced team, we go all out, and uh, I'm going to go 3-2 Chelsea in an absolute thriller. Um, You know, I I think that inevitably this United team is going to give us some trouble. And as as assured as I am with the result midweek, you know, there's going to be some tired legs there with with Silva. And we can say what we want, but with the international break, even James – making his England debut and, and ultimately having a record afterwards. There's going to be some some uh, lethargic players here. But, yeah, I, I think that we can go into Old Trafford. There is absolutely no reason if, if Palace and other players and teams can go in and get a result that, that we shouldn't be able to do the same with the likes of, of all of the attacking options that we have. So uh, let's wrap it up by by giving our predictions for the weekend. So, yeah, like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot bold and, and say 3-2 Chelsea in an absolute goal fest and, and really open gameplay. And, uh, and yeah, let's let's hopefully take three points. What about you, Rick? I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for 2-1. We open the scoring, they equalise, and then we'll get a winner last 15 minutes. 2-1. Who are your goal scorers? Um, I'm going to go for Ziyech, free kick. Love that. And Werner. I think he's due. Yeah, he looked a little subdued midweek, but I think that he'll be eager to get back out there. He just never stops running either. So, Jordan, what yeah. about you? What's your predictions and goal scores? 2-1. Oh, yeah, you guys go are boring well. now. You just... it out of my head. <laughs> 2-1, and I reckon it's going to be Werner and Havertz again. Tracy's going to be very excited to hear you guys say that, though. She loves a good 2-1. <laughs> Anytime she says it, though, we, we, we pull it off more often than not. So... Yeah, well, gentlemen, exactly. thank you so much. You know, I always My enjoy getting to, getting to sit down and chat with you guys. And uh, Jordan, you want to wrap it up for us? Yes. Just um, want to say that we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, obviously, us chatting uh, quickly, uh, briefly, just checking up on um, Southampton and, you know, we explained our ways on that, the severe game. And um, obviously, the upcoming game against uh, United, which is a massive game for all of us as a fixture for the Premier League and obviously, you know, none of us like United. So let's just hope we get the win. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we hope that we um, keep getting feedback that we the, we absolutely thrive on um, and we're always there for, for, for changes that need to be done in the best way and we love to hear your feedback. So, um, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much, guys. Loved it. Let's go. Up the chels. Up the chels. Peace.